the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Unemployment plunges. Ooh, boy. Kind of what we want. Kind of. It's kind of what we don't want when talking about the stock market and mortgages. U.S. unemployment rate is at a seven-year low. The economy added 173,000 jobs last month, fewer than expected. The unemployment rate fell to 5.1%. We did get some wage growth with some average hourly earnings rising three-tenths of a percent month over month. 2.5% year-over-year. number of job gains in July was revised up by about 30,000 to 245,000. This report was expected to hugely influence market expectations for whether the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates at its meeting later this month. A strong report was seen to support the other data that we've recently received. The economy is advancing at a steady pace, probably steady enough to warrant the first rate increase in a decade. In a speech just before the jobs report, Richmond Fed President Jeffrey Lacker said the labor market supported the case for rising rates sooner rather than later, or for raising rates. But this report was unlikely to materially alter the labor market picture for the monetary policy outlook. So, again, it looks like it, we should be interest rates moving higher in just a couple of weeks in September. Uh, Deutsche Bank's Joe Lavornia. He noted the job gains in August had missed consensus forecasts in 21 of the past 27 years. He had a forecast payroll print of 170,000, which was below the consensus. By industry employment in mining and manufacturing declined. Education and health services added the most for any industry. Uh, the unemployment rate is at 5.2%. The average weekly hourlies worked, 34.5. When you start getting above 34, that's when you start getting to, we need to hire another person. And again, that stimulates the economy. It should. I'm not saying it, it will definitively, but it should. Uh, so that's what we have out of the gate. And the market plunged on this news. Uh, down 1.5% on the SP 500. We made a little bit of it back. Dow Jones Industrial Average down 1.5%. The NASDAQ down 1%. Um, the crude oil sits at 46.43. So, uh, Okay, 
you know, nothing dramatic happening there, but the 10-year Treasury sits at 2.15%. We are in that new era of low cost of money. Now, sometimes in this new era, it'll either be low cost of money or extremely low cost of money. And right now we're at that low cost of money angle. So that's what I have going on that information. Um, There's probably a lot more to the story than meets the eye in the employment number. A lot of people are nervous. Uh, We suspect that nervousness had something to do with China's stock market reopening on Monday because it's closed on Thursday and Friday this week. And the thought, you know, that the ECB, European Central Bank's pledge yesterday to extend its asset purchase program if necessary, was acknowledgement of policy weakness more so than strength. Um, The jobs report implies investor confidence in global economic outlook, central bankers' ability to change favorably with their policy. Uh, all around the globe, the world's gonna, you know, know when the FMOC pulls their their trigger and raises rates. So, bang goes the employment report, as I like to say, bang. So, uh, strength in nothing, weakness across the board today. Consumers, staples, financial, industrials, materials, telecom services. It's been honestly a little more than two weeks. I've not seen days as many days of all red on the screen or all green on the screen. So it's short covering, all in. Short covering, all in. Short, short covering, all in. It's been pretty darn dramatic in my world. So, and I don't like drama. You ask even my exes, I can tell you I do not like drama. Save the drama from mama. Join me today, Tony Mendez, talking a little Bay Area real estate. Morning, Rob. How are you? Good. So, how's the uh, interest rate world that you work inside of with mortgages? Well, it, you know, the stock, you were just talking about red and green, red and green. It's the same thing with this, with what's going on with rates. Uh, you know, we're at the tail end of about a six, seven week dip in uh, the ten year yield. Okay. So we're pretty much near yearly lows. Uh, I think at one point we were at 3.84% uh, for the conforming 30-year fix. That's anything below 417. You know, with good credit, and you might pay like 0.2 or 0.3 points. It's all listed on Freddie Mac. They do a weekly survey. But when it's all said and done, um, you know, sometimes when the stock market does what it's doing, it helps interest rates. And, you know, we we get flooded by calls for refinances for people just moving from like 45 down to, you know, just 4%, sometimes a little bit lower depending on how they want to do costs. And it's Saving people money, uh, and a lot of I'm like, oh, you're going to save 120 dollars a month. They go, okay, we'll jump on that. You know, instead of a 2,000 dollar payment, they're like at 1870. And and to a lot of people in in the Bay Area, that makes a difference. It's expensive to live here, and you squeeze those dollars out, and that's what low interest rates have been helping with. It's definitely helping the people who are purchasing because you know as home prices continue rising, um, you're putting over asking price, you're putting more money down. Low interest rates definitely help. And, in the pocket in the long run, especially when that 30 year fix just never changes for 30 years. Yeah. So that, that uh, I, if somebody called me about an arm, I might go, you know, no, um, 30 year fixed. Unless you plan on leaving in five years, get an arm, but yeah. Looking back at my history, buying homes in my twenties and thirties, arms would have been perfect. I would have saved a little more money. Yeah, as you're stepping they, up, you you made several purchases, and it, it would have made sense. Yeah, and yeah. It just in hindsight, it makes like you, I wanted the 30-year fix, but I don't need the 30-year fix. But in my 20s and 30s, I still wanted it because uh, I guess dad, you know, ingrained in his son 
hey, a 30-year fixed is a good mortgage and paid off over your lifetime. And uh, had I kept those properties and turned them into rentals, 30-year fixed would have made total sense. Yep. Um, Or you could have kept the arm and then before you moved out, refinanced into 30-year fixed. I think people freak out over that. Um, I tell you, anybody who has an arm right now, they're probably saying, oh, I'm not freaked out. They're freaked out, you know, two, three years from now, but right over the last I eight years. I bet some of your spouses are. Oh, yeah. It's always the spouse. You, you have to – great relationships always have that, you know, devil's advocate, so to speak. You know, I, you got to look at the negatives and you got to look at the, the repercussions of what the other person's, you know, opinions are. And you have to kind of come to a compromise. It's one of the things I've learned in my marriage. Uh, but, yeah, when it comes to – to financing, you definitely need to talk about it uh, more often. I'm, I'm surprised how often I get a call from somebody doing a transaction and they they go, well, oh, I still got to talk to my husband or I got to talk to my spouse. And, you know, next thing you know, they're not on the same page. So it's it's still something that uh, is in the industry that baffles me, that people don't really come to terms before they start a transaction. Yeah, well, I know a couple right now who she wants to take money out of the house and – Spend it on like kitchen improvements and things like that. Yeah. And he absolutely doesn't trust the broker, the lender. He's like, it, it can't be that cheap. Um, there's he's hiding something, and the two of them just they can't even agree on whether or not the lender is lying to them. Wow. So um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Facebook, uh, their CEO Jan Quam of WhatsApp, which Facebook owns, said they now have 900 million monthly active users on WhatsApp. Uh, the company they bought for 16 billion dollars a few couple years back. Royal Caribbean stock traded slightly lower before the opening bell today after hiking its dividend by 25%. Walt Disney is trying to maximize profits from its new Star Wars merchandise, creating a new holiday called Force Friday. Oh, gosh. And they, they unleashed all the toys that are going to be in the new Star Wars movie. They did it over 18 hours on YouTube around the world. They had YouTubers stream their the video cast of it. Very interesting use of social media, in my opinion. They're pushing toys. It's in September. The movie's out in December. They're pushing the toys before the movie's even seen. I guess that's what you got to do. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Close your eyes and you're gone. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now. Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Apple's got a big event coming up next week, and expectations are very, very low. They're going to hold their highly anticipated uh, phone launch, I guess, is what do we call the September back-to-school Apple event. Seems like it came up fast. Last year, they introduced the bigger iPhones, and stock went bonkers. Um, It's expected to introduce new versions of its products, including Apple TV that could double as a gaming console. Um, Analysts say that you you shouldn't expect to be thrilled by Apple's event. But with that being said, a gaming console? Eh, you're already playing games on your computer, right? Or on your phone. 
I know I've downloaded Angry Birds and they've downloaded a skiing game and, you know, things for airplanes. So they're going to up the cost of the Apple TV product from 69 bucks to 200 and you're going to get a lot more hardware for it. Um, the new 6S's, um, I think that's what we're going to be calling them. Um, I think that's going to be relatively exciting for no one. I can't imagine anyone who's like, ooh, a new iPhone. Uh, they team, they do that TikTok thing where they come out with a, you know, they, they evolve the phone and then they refine the phone. And then they evolve the phone and they refine the phone uh, on a yearly basis. Now, that's the big question. When do they get to the point where we're just not impressed at all? Because I'm not all that excited. But some people still are. When do we as a nation get to the point where we're not that excited? And look for a big iPad, which, I don't know, is that... Is that something we want? So I'm not a pad user. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A couple other stocks in the world that uh, are moving today. Gap posted 2% decline in same-store sales for August across its brands, but Old Navy rose by 6%. Old Navy is their cheap version. You can get clothes for your kids that are like 5 bucks for a T-shirt. People like that. Uh, the problem with Gap is... Fashion for teenagers and fashion for young people is really fast right now. And Gap tries to predict a whole season, whereas companies like H&M are predicting two weeks into the future. And they're getting them you know, made at factories that aren't in the best working conditions over in India and other parts of the world. And uh, they're turning around pretty fast. Uh, other stories of note, Chipotle Mexican Grill, the fast casual restaurant. They're in the news today. There's a company that has... They're calling themselves Chubby Chipotle. And if you go Google this, you'll, you'll find a website called Chubby Chipotle where they show a super fat dude um, on the web page. And he, this is what happens if you eat two Chipotle burritos a day. Because um, the burritos have about 1,000 calories in them. And that's a lot of calories for one sitting. So, um, I don't know. Why would a company, why would someone want to embarrass Chipotle by coming up with Chubby Chipotle? Seems like you have a lot of time on your hands if that's the case. Or maybe it's that clown, Ronald McDonald's, doing it to try to get some business back in his stores. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, com. Tony. Hey, Rob. You a burrito eater? I had two burritos last night. Okay. You're looking kind of chubby. <laughs> they were good. <clears throat> so how's the mortgage business going? That was great. Uh, surprisingly, you know, I'm. You'd, you'd think that everything kind of slowed down when, when you know, we our inventory was low, sales kind of dipped. I mean, really, half of where we should be. But these low interest rates are really giving people opportunities to refi. We're getting calls. Um, you know, and it, it could be almost anything. It's not always somebody saying, "Oh, I want a lower rate." A lot of people want to get out of those adjustable equity lines. Um, People over the last couple of years watched their equities go up, and, and now they're, oh, we have a little bit more room to pay off that second loan that we got to fix our kitchen or bathrooms. And uh, it's giving, you know, a lot of people are still shocked that rates are as low as they are as far into this recovery um, as we are. In fact, a lot, I'm just reading articles left and right more often about how we think the Fed may have missed their opportunities to increase interest rates. And uh, that's kind of an up, up for debate, depending on what side of the the ball you're on, but you know, that it could be anything cash out. 
I mean, one of the things we are seeing is guidelines are getting a little bit looser. We're on a nine-month run on on the easing of mortgage standards. Uh, not saying that you know we're going to go back to liar loans and negam loans and things like that, but a little bit higher LTVs, loan to values, meaning you can borrow a little bit higher of the value. Lower credit scores are having more opportunities. Jumbo loans uh, is really the big uh, push in easing uh, standards right now, uh, but that helps a lot of people in the Bay Area. Meaning most of the homes, I'd say about 50% of the, the mortgages today on purchases are going towards jumbos. And jumbo guidelines loosening helps the Bay Area. So there's a little bit of good news with good rates and better guidelines. But it's not like it was in 2007. Uh, there's an index that's done, I think, by Wells Fargo. Uh, and it gauges on a scale of 1 to 900 or something about how easy uh, mortgage lending is. Back in 2007, it was gauged at 800. Today, it's about 110. So you can see it's not really moving towards that other end of the scale. What are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on China? Like, are you paying that much attention to the news? Um, I, I do. Okay. Uh, you know, China still is one of the largest investors in the treasuries. And because of that, you know, we, we kind of watch where money's going in and out. And for the most part, whenever China has, you know, they change the currency or um, you know, there's a slowdown in their markets and in their real estate. We we definitely watch that. It does play into, you know, the rates right now are, are not just local or or domestic. It's it's a global phenomenon right now. So yeah, we do watch what's going on in Europe. You talked earlier about how uh, the ECB is going to continue their asset purchasing. You know, that when it comes down to it, somebody who's tied to an arm and you're looking at the LIBOR that could affect your interest rate. So yeah, we do watch this quite often. So the big story of the day is the jobs number, and stocks tumbled after we only created 170,000 jobs. Expectations were for more like 220. So it was actually a weak number of creation of jobs, but the employment rate or unemployment rate dropped uh, down to 5.2%, which headline looks like a great number, but the participation rate isn't really what it needs to be, and the wage inflation has been the last thing to really move in the job market picture. It's moving slightly but probably not enough to get people excited. So weak number, maybe the Fed has something to, to say. We don't have to move, but they've already said that before this number, we have enough data to move on interest rates. It is crazy. Yeah, we're only a couple of weeks away from whether or not it's September or December. So yeah, and, and, and we knew the volatility was going to be here. Uh, the same volatility that the stock market's seeing, we're seeing it in the, in the, in the mortgage industry and especially in rates and, when when the stock market took its tumble, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it, it uh, yields dropped to the lowest they were all year, and they came right back up. The uh, volatility in the stock market, you used the word volatility, likely to keep the Fed on the sidelines until December. But once things settle down and if the jobs stay there, inflation, eh, they'd like to see a little bit more inflation make their case. But you know who's getting uh, cheated in all of this? They're the senior citizens who just want to keep money in the banks and get an interest rate. It's... That's never going to happen again, it feels like. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find Tony, email him at Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com, or find me at RobBlack.com. It's RobBlack.com. i got a seminar coming up next week. Take a look at RobBlack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. 
Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Jessica Minton from the International Business Times. How are you, Miss Minton? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about the background of Jessica Minton at the IP Times. Yes, so I'm a markets and finance reporter. I've worked at International Business Times for about four years. So I cover pretty much anything from whether it's Alibaba or Twitter's IPO to also what's going on in the financial markets, like what we've been seeing with Greece, and as well as the volatility recently because of the downturn we're seeing in China. You've put together a new article. Um, It's called China Crisis, Two Risks That Could Push the U.S. Economy into a Recession. I've always looked at China and... They don't really consume a lot of our goods. They're a huge economy, but they're more of a manufacturing economy. Like I'm more worried about Canada than I am about China. But you brought up China. So what what put this article in your head? Right. So it's interesting, too, because we can also talk about what's happening with Canada as well a little bit later. But with China, behind us, they're the world's second largest economy. And we only export about 7% of our overall GDP over to to China. So it doesn't really have a, a large footprint in that regard. But the problem is, is because when China sneezes, basically sort of that old saying, the rest of the world can catch a cold. And that basically means because they're the biggest commodity consuming country, if they're not consuming as less, that has a rippling effect when it comes to emerging markets. So we're already starting to see that, say, with in Latin America, with uh, Chile is one. Um, China's not buying as much copper from them. We've already seen Brazil get hit because of oil. And then another problem is with Australia. China's not buying as much iron ore for them. So then when the other partners that we're working with, with the emerging markets, might not be buying as much goods from us, then that's where that impacts us. So if, say, our U.S. multinationals, if their revenues and their and their bottom lines are getting hit, then they have to cut somewhere, and that ends up usually being jobs. So that's where sort of that rippling effect comes from with regard to China. So China, the world's second largest economy, obviously has a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having a presentation of World War II parade, and they've brought some world leaders into their country. Some people are thinking that Perhaps the weakness has been tied towards trying to clean up the air uh, for this big event coming up. Um, some people think it's been, you know, a little bit more. The government's trying to, you know, be perceived as a serious uh, stock market, whereas they're doing the same things the United States do and throw, mm-hmm. stuff, throw stuff at it and manipulate it, and it's just not working right now. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you, what exactly. Do you, what, what's your take on the current situation? I think a lot of it has to do also with the fact that China is moving away from an export-driven economy to a consumer-driven economy, and they've been doing this for a number of years. So we saw their growth peak back in around 2007, and and their GDP growth was just over 14%, whereas now it's hovering around 7%. So still, 7 sounds like a pretty solid number, but a lot of economists think that it's actually much lower than that. That's just the the government report from China that's coming out. But I really think it has a lot to do with them changing over to trying to be a consumer-driven economy, and, and but it, it might take a, a long time for that to happen. The dollar, the strong dollar, is that playing in, into anything that's affecting China at this point in time? With, as, with regard to the dollar, so looking at our central bank, the Federal Reserve, 
they went through following the recession a lot of different measures to try to boost our economy. And now they're trying to tighten their policy. But when we look around the world, everyone else is doing the opposite. They're trying to loosen their policies. So say with China, they're devaluing their currency. They're trying to cut interest rates. And that basically works against our dollar. So if our dollar gains, everybody else's currencies are devaluing. And when sometimes it sounds like a strong dollar is good for, say, you and me when it comes to purchasing power. But the problem is that makes us less competitive as far as trade is concerned. So say big companies, maybe you're a big tech company like Apple or Intel or Qualcomm, the majority of your sales are coming from overseas. So if you have a strong U.S. dollar, when you convert that money back over, you're actually losing money. And that's what's a concern, especially for the Federal Reserve right now, because a lot of people thought that they were going to raise interest rates away from the crisis levels that they've been from the recession. But when you have all of this going on with China, and then especially today when we got a bit of a mixed jobs report that then puts a big question mark on the Fed and and what they're going to do going forward. Anything else that we need to know about your current China article? I think another big thing is just because of the volatility that we've seen in the equity market, a lot of the, if say you and I are looking at our 401ks or if older people are looking at their CDs and they're thinking, oh, well, we're seeing all this volatility. I'm a little worried. I don't want to go out and spend money. That's what's another detrimental factor because consumer spending accounts for about two thirds of our economy. So if I'm not going out and buying, you know, a coffee at Starbucks or buying certain things at a retailer, that really impacts us over here. And I think that's the other problem that could be a risk for us as with regarding the U.S. dollar and then the equity market. So if people aren't spending, that could be a troubling sign later on down the path for us. Now, switching the gears to Canada. Yes. What's your commentary on Canada and the United States situation? It's currently? interesting, too, because you're looking at Canada. Here's another big economy that is beginning to lose a little bit of steam. And the problem with Canada versus China. Canada's our, our largest trading partner. And some red flags there, they also buy a lot when it comes to, say, our auto industry. Okay. So if they start buying less from us, that's, that's a huge problem for us as well, because that could also lead to job cuts as far as the auto industry is concerned. And that also sort of ties into the Fed's overall picture of the health of the U.S. economy. And that's what a lot of economists I was talking to yesterday, as far as Canada is concerned, are, are a bit worried about. And that's another situation I think we have to really keep our eyes on. Anything else you want to close out with in the last bit commentary from you? I think also with just the volatility we're seeing today, definitely driven by the fact that we got that mixed jobs report. It sounds good when you see the unemployment rate take down to around 5.1%, but the problem is more people were dropping out of the labor force, and that's why we did see that employment rate take down. And this is just going to be more probably added volatility along with the global slowdown fears that are in the market right now ahead of this Fed meeting that's on September 16th and 17th. Thanks very much. It's Jessica Minton. You can find her at IB Times. It's IB Times, IBTimes.com. It's pretty easy to find. You can Google her, Minton, M-E-N-T-O-N, and uh, you'll find some of her articles tied towards her. Jessica Minton with IB Times talking China and the economy. A couple things to like about the jobs number that came out this morning was the average monthly job gains. They're very healthy. Even though the heading number of 173,000 created was lighter than 220,000 expected, the prior two months were revised higher. Recent average monthly job gains are consistent with improving labor market. So that's still good. The unemployment rate improved for the right reasons. The drop to 5.1% from 5.3% was because there are actually fewer unemployed people. 
It was not a participation rate story um, here this time. And the average hourly earnings are up. Three-tenths of a percent increase in August was a notch higher than expected and going in the right direction. Plus, the 2.2% increase in the past year looks good. Not great, but good. Uh, you want inflation numbers to be somewhere between 2 to 4%, uh, typically, with 2 being on the colder side, but, but still good. Um, and 4 being on the, the hotter side, you don't want the numbers around the ones. Uh, Treasury prices haven't moved much, um, but the stock market, when they saw the news come out, not the happiest stock market on the planet. Um, again, a lot of factors right now. Volatility has picked up. China's an issue. Commodity prices have collapsed. Uh, as China's economy slows, China's economy was a, is a big manufacturing economy. And manufacture things, you need oil and coal and steel, and you need commodities. So as China's slowed their expansion, commodities have fallen. And there's some countries like Russia and Canada that are commodity rich that want higher prices, that need higher prices. So again, things that we're ultimately dealing with. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. One stock that I'm looking at right now, if I want it to be risky, I would consider GoPro. GoPro stock has been devastated in the last couple of weeks. Um, it was a hot and sexy IPO. Ultimately, what they make is a camera. Now, I can't tell you who, you know, to me, a camera is a camera. I'm not going, is, is it a good picture quality? That's what I'm worried about. <clears throat> so GoPro is now trading about 20 times next year's earnings. If we were to have a bad stock market, I would be very interested in that because it's growing faster than 20 times. But as we learned yesterday, they do not have, it does not look like they have a camera coming out this Christmas season. And we're consumer products, consumer electronics driven country. If they had something special, but again, that's, we're, I'm not saying we're getting up to the, our limits of cameras because I don't think we are. Um, I know the new iPhone's going to have a better camera. And that's going to be a problem down the road. If Apple wanted to get into the athletic wear, uh, athletic cameras, I don't see that many barriers of entry for them. I think they could pull it off. Amazon's cloud infrastructure business, AWS, also known as Amazon Web Services, is buying back-end video service of Elemental Technologies. The price is about $500 million. Elemental Technologies help big media and entertainment companies like CNN, ESPN, or HBO take their video, originally intended for cable and reformat it to work better on a mobile or, or desktop. <clears throat> so it powers apps like HBO Go or ESPN Score Center. Amazon Web Services already powers Netflix, and this new acquisition will help it beef up its appeal as a provider even more for video companies. Okay, now, right there, there's a, a question mark. Amazon Web Services, they've got Amazon Prime, right? Amazon Prime has video shows and competes a little bit with Hulu and Netflix. I don't think anyone thinks it's as robust, but now they're buying a company that works with Netflix or helps Netflix. <clears throat> we get interesting. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. <clears throat>
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, let's see what, you know, I guess I was talking last segment about GoPro and how their stock has been hit and it was crazy expensive. A lot of people own that stock at $80 and it's now at $40. And again, it's just as a reminder that you have to have a limit on when you're, if you own an individual stock, you can't write it down. You cannot write it down. Um, if it were to get to the low 30s, I absolutely positively think it's trade. But right now, with no camera coming out this, this Christmas, it probably won't have a, a sizzle, but it'll be nice, and it could be a good opportunity. So you should take a look at it. It should be on your shopping list, so to speak. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Uh, good morning. Good morning. So a seminar coming up. I'd like people to sign up for next week. You can learn more about it at robblack.com. It's the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar, Pleasanton, California. Um, it's going to be at the Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel, 630 to 9. CFP Chad Burton will be there talking secrets to tax-efficient investing, maximizing Social Security, reducing risk of outliving your savings, talking about annuities. Annuities are one of the worst products that are oversold to most people that buy them. Um, is there a place for annuities in your income retirement portfolio? Yes, but not the ones that are being sold to you in your 30s and 40s and 50s. Uh, if you want to convert some of your assets into an annuity in your retirement years, maybe 10, 15, 20% into a low cost, not a high cost, no commission, not a highly commissioned product. There's a company that does that, uh, Emeritus, for instance. So we'll talk about that. I'll go over market conditions. I'll get some investment ideas going, some dividend stocks. Um, Tony Mendez will be there talking a little income and retirement. One thing that you're going to be doing for income and retirement is you own a, a rental property. Yeah. And that's a little bit of income. Um, but it wouldn't obviously be your whole nut, so to speak. Well, the rental income that most people buy, uh, they have a long-term plan. Maybe it's, uh, you know, supplement Social Security, or th- maybe they don't have a pension, and this is their way of putting money aside. And, and uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, it's it's paid off, and they're, you know, they're receiving some income. Yeah, they're paying some taxes, and, you know, hopefully they can increase their rents um, year over year. But, yeah, it's a, I think it's a great vehicle. Somebody else can pay for for your mortgage for you, you get the tax benefits from it, and maybe a little bit of income during the during that uh, while you own it, uh, or at least get to the goal where you want it paid off. Um, but you know, sometimes people uh, they take that property and they upgrade it, uh, they sell it and buy something else, or they or they take multiple properties and they do a 1031 exchange into maybe a multi-unit property. And and there's a lot of things you can do with uh, rental properties that you can't do with um, you know stocks, for example. Um, a lot of leverage there, and interest rates are great right now. So, it's it's interesting how rents are going up, costs are going down, at least the financing costs. Um, so landlords are are in a really good position right now. So it's very attractive. A lot of people. Bay Area is very very difficult to get into investing because they're charging so much for 
uh, it's a, they're, they're premiums right now. Even properties that are in distress, investors looking to get in there, even using private money. Oh, I'll spend nine, ten percent on a private money loan just to get this property. Um, and and it's it's just everybody's fighting over them right now. Didn't know what angle you wanted to take on the whole. But no, but one of the things we talk about in in the seminars when people come up and they, they is they bring their tax returns and we we go over their tax returns and and we look at some of the incomes that they receive from this. Am I going to qualify if I'm a negative debt on or a negative cash flow on this property? Am I positive on this property? We have some people uh, that run into issues where they're partners with other people on on investment properties, where uh, some lenders will actually take the full debt and count that against you, but you're only claiming half the income or maybe a third of the income. So you have to be really careful about how you uh, do your taxes. It's a great forum to discuss you know, you know those type of scenarios at the seminar. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. <clears throat> so we bring a lot of people to the seminars so that you can talk to experts, whether it be on mortgages and real estate, whether it be on financial planning and annuities, whether it be on estate planning and trust, whether it be on the stock market and economy. So bring those kind of questions. Pleasanton, Thursday evening, 630 to 9. You can sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. One of the more interesting um, subplots in the world right now is drought conditions around the world. Yeah. Um, Puerto Rico just got a big tropical storm, and they're still in a drought. And they were water rationing. Um, California obviously has an issue. We're waiting for the, uh, what is it called? The Godzilla El Nino. They say it's going to be a big one. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we get rain. It could be Southern California gets rain that doesn't have a lot of the reservoirs that we have up in Northern California that would obviously be the better place for it to hit. So I've heard it's not rain. It's the snow we need. Snow is important. Yeah, the snow because that it kind of lingers and fills our reservoirs throughout the year. Is Less runoff. Yeah. Much like that. But um, tied towards real estate, there's an interesting angle. If you're a renter and water's included, you're like, I'm going to take a long shower. If you're an owner, you're like, turn on the water, get wet, turn it off, soap up, yeah. turn on the water, clean up. LA's really hitting, getting uh, the brunt of this right now. Eighty, It's been surveyed already. 86% of landlords where they pay for the water has seen an increase in water usage. Since April, when this when when the, the the restrictions started, so what what's happening is landlords, especially in rent controlled cities, are trying to get together and say how how do we cover these costs? Our water usage is going up, the cost of water is going up, the penalties are higher. How do we pay for all of this? So they're getting together and they're trying to pass this bill called the Ratio Utility Billing System, um, where they're going to try to pass the 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 bill actually to the tenants in rent controlled. It's fascinating because, uh, you know, rent control costs sometimes go up. And as a landlord, you can be caught in that position where suddenly you're losing money based yeah. on what tenants doing and or not doing. So the water usage hits renters as well as landlords. Intriguing to me. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him, Tony, at com. You can email him, Tony, at com. You can find me at robblack.com. And it's a seminar coming up in Pleasanton next Thursday. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.